0: Okay.
1: <laughs> Incredible. Okay, so we're, we're going to get started here. I wrote a little prologue, so just give me a second, I'll pull this up. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, let us begin. The lands of the Fae have long been a place of morbid curiosity, and those that travel there have rarely returned. A desire to be blessed with the wealth and good luck have driven many helpless mortals to the Fay Wilds. And what they discovered there upon their arrival was likely a far scarier prospect than even they could imagine. Blasted lands, blood filled rivers, and Fay all too keen to destroy anyone they deemed lesser. This was the way of the Fay Wilds for many centuries, a land of war and terror. A place where one's power was only measured by your skill with a sword, and the horrors you wrought in your wake. However, there were some who wanted a different path forward. A brighter future for the land they loved so dearly. This group created the first courts known to the Fey realms. The Seelie, the Unseelie, and the Courts of Numinous Weld. An attempt at order and control without the need for endless violence. A diplomatic approach. From there, many Fae fought for peace and the prosperity of their land, and so many other courts within the Fae were forged. What has followed is nearly a millennia of peace, peace that was hard fought and hard won. Now the courts have a far different battlefront that require far different skills in order to succeed. A quick wit and a gracious smile will take you much farther in this world a diplomatic game in which terms are discussed over dinner and dancing. And although there are some who wish to return to the chaos of Leshed, the peace and civility of the Feywild has remained. Seasonal events now serve as the battlefields, and one such event is about to begin, the Yuletide, and each of you has received your invitations. To the ancient and noble via Herdish of the Numinous World, to the luminous Princess Aura, heir of the summer court, to the illustrious Strabog, Duke of Moonwall, to the enigmatic Princess Maeve, progeny of the unsealy court, to the diligent clerk, Sir Iltharasis of Frostfall, and to the Delphian hand of the High Lord of Winter, Monsieur Ambar Carafe. Honored High it is my pleasure to welcome you to a court of frost and firelight. (laughs) okay so with my little intro done um originally i had this in a slightly different order but we can move it around since luke is in the kitchen and might not (laughs) want to talk right off the bat uh so with that in mind i am going to press forward to the next part of my notes uh which does have me starting with you Haley, if that's okay sure all right, so our journey begins now in a very scenic world. A marble palace set on an ocean cliffside with pale white curtains that blow in the soft summer breeze. The sun stands high in the sky overhead. We travel into the halls of this palace until we reach a dining room bedecked with turquoise stones with veins of white, brown, and black. A long oak table spans the entire room with Estius, the High Lady of Summer, sitting at its head. And so I'm just going to take you all to the Summer Court here uh, on roll 20, so you should be able to uh, see it there. Uh, So at the head of the table, we have Estius, the High Lady of Summer, sitting at the head. Sitting on her right is her husband, Helios, and to her left, her brother, Apollo. Aura. You have been asked to meet your family here for a quick little talk before your departure for the Yule Tide. How has Aura been preparing for her trip?
2: Um, Aura has been preparing by over-preparing. She looks extremely tense. She knows that a lot is riding on her shoulders to make a good entrance into this uh, event. She has her um. Uh, briefcase beside her she's carrying it around everywhere it's got notes on who the different fae are who she needs to make a good impression with um she is a little bit snippy today with her family because they keep telling her to remember things and she's like yes mother i have five steps ahead of you thank you um Yeah, and she is just eager to go. She is fully prepared. She's been prepared for probably days now and is just eager to um, to get on with things.
1: Yeah, um, and you're kind of summoned into this room and you see the very stressed face of your mother uh, who is clearly just like the lines on her face are starting to form and, and become more concrete. Uh, and you can tell that as you walked in, you have stopped her maybe mid argument uh, with your father and your uncle. Um, and she looks at you kind of impatiently uh, and just says, "Oh, good. I'm I'm glad you finally arrived. Uh, p- please um, have a seat, darling." Okay. So, your off now, quite soon, and we just wanted to check in that you are certain that you would like to go.
2: Mother, it has been almost a hundred years since we have attended one of these events. It is absolutely necessary that I go.
1: Of of course, darling. Of course, and we- and she- turns to look over to her husband, your father, Helios, who has this mournful look on his face. He looks quite sullen, he looks quite sad. The kind of light that seems to be around many members of the summer court has dimmed around him. And your mother places a hand over his and says, we just wanted to make sure, again, and I know it, it must be frustrating for you, but, you understand why we're hesitant, of course. Papa and
2: I—I I try to make eye contact with
1: my father, even though my mother's been doing the talking. Um,
2: and you needn't worry.
1: He'll—he'll he'll look at you and kind of like nod his head. Well,
2: i uh... to... Oh, sorry. And I'll just try to give him like a comforting look
1: as well, because I know it's been hard. We have a couple of requests before you leave. I know there's already a lot on your plate, but since your uncle will be accompanying you, he can of course help you with anything you need or anything that comes up. The first and probably most important thing is that you keep your distance from Strabog. From Strabog? Yes. Why? And at this, your father gets up from the table and he walks out of the room. Papa! And he kind of just, like, waves a hand behind him, like, no, 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 I'm, like, I'm not dealing with this. And you see your mother kind of start to rise from her seat, like she's going to go after him. But then she pauses, she takes a deep breath, and she sits back down. Things are still quite tense on that front, as you know. And, of course, since we were not able to... Retrieve Freya and Wes from the winter court. I would feel better if you avoided him, if possible. But Mama, perhaps if I smoked a relationship, we could have more access to Freya and the other one. And the I other know one. I know you hate I know you hate using his name, but <laughs> It is it is a painful wound that has been left behind by your dear sister. And please, darling, for me, I know you have your own reasons, but for me, could you please keep him at arm's length?
2: I will do what needs to be done.
1: And she'll just kind of nod her head solemnly. Um, and then she pulls out a parcel, like like this um, ornate box. Uh, from the side, uh, she pulls it up uh, and she hands it to you. And she says, um, "Also, if the opportunity presents itself, would you please give this to Freya?" What and is it? As you open the box, you see it's a crown. That's made of mother of pearl and these turquoise crystals that are intertwined with like the gold, so thin it almost looks like thread. Uh, that's kind of beautifully wound around. It's this very gorgeous, intricately made tiara, and you recognize it as something that Celeste used to wear at a lot of state functions. This was Celeste's tiara. I would be happy to, Mother. And she kind of wipes away a tear from her eye and says, "Well, you are the representation of our court at the Yuletide. And I know you will make us very proud. I always have. Yes, you have, my dear. And we love you very dearly. And she places a hand on your cheek and she says, come back to us safe now. And we are going to fade from that scene into a very, very different world from what we just saw into the world of the numinous Weld, where various masters and acolytes seem to be moving around content about going about their business. Luke, would you like to describe to everyone a little bit about what the weld looks like?
3: I can do my best and I'll try to correlate with any images you created. Okay. Um, oh yeah, so I've got to pres- switch to the
0: map while you do that.
3: Yep. Yeah. Um so all of you in passing, whether you are from the winter court or the summer court or the NCLE court, are at least familiar with the Numinous Wield. It is spoken not in hushed tones, but um Spoken of a place with great reverence for those who come to speak of it and for those who journey to and from They always come back changed, regardless if that's a week spent there, a day, or decades as they process through Whatever mysteries and experiences they have within the Weald To those who are familiar with it, it is a massive forest filled with trees and stones Um, rivers, lakes, all of these things more ancient than the courts themselves, and existing far beyond even the lifespan of any fae. They were here before us, they will be here after us, and they will not remember our passing in the slightest. But the magic within them that springs from every tree, every stone, every drop of water, is so powerful and concentrated that at the dawn of Faye time in recorded history, we're not certain if it was decided or if it was simply taken, but the numinous weald fell under the care and consideration of one that came to be known as Fjarrhirdish Kesaranya. Um, and just so you're aware, Fjarrhirdish is a title. Um, and they have watched over the weald for longer than many of you have been alive. Um, actually, longer than any of you have been alive. period. There's no <laughs> many. Um, and walking through, it's, there's moments where it feels like you're just walking through a normal wood, walking through a forest, and then you'll step into a clearing, and every leaf, stone, um, every creeping bramble, every piece of moss is just radiant with light and energy, and you can spend a decade here, and it feels like six hours have gone by. Um, it is a place of great and deep mystery, and incredibly powerful magic.
1: Amazing. So, with that beautiful scene in mind, um, there are accolades and masters that live within the Wield, uh, that practice and have their own uses and purposes at Case's direction. So, how is Kesa preparing uh, for their departure to the Yuletide?
3: Um, considering so, for clarity's sake, is this an annual event for the Yuletide?
1: I wouldn't say it's annual. I would say every decade or so, okay. this is held.
3: Right. So the bag has been ready for about a year now, um, and it has just sat next to this yeah. this glade that Kesa calls home, um, and it's a it's a well worn well-worn canvas bag that is incredibly packed full of things, um, and would look terribly, terribly heavy, but if Kesa picks it up and moves it around, they sling it around like it's a bag of marbles. um, And they throw it on their back and are able to move back and forth. But for this past, maybe, week, all they've been doing is keeping an eye on Rega, who is our most recent um, graduate from the Weald, (laughs) as well as conversing with Haust, who will be the other accompanying. But beyond that, their time is spent really just in what it always is here in the Weald, keeping an eye on Acolytes and Apprentices, speaking with Masters and checking in on everyone's development and growth, and probably patrolling the borders of, of the Weald itself, which, again, takes, you know, can take a month just to go around the whole thing. And I think only in the past week have they returned from one of these long patrols, checking in with everyone before they get ready to head out.
1: So, as you're kind of waiting at this glade where that you call home, uh, Rega approaches her own bag in hand very nervously and she greets you and says, "I am still slightly perplexed about why you have selected me to go with you."
3: Hmm. Perplexed in what ways?
1: Well, being so young and so new to the wield I, I don't mean to challenge your wisdom, but I am confused.
3: That is to be expected, young one. You have been with us for a while, and while your development has been strong and I have seen much promise in you, I believe it is time that we recall why we stay here and with that they gesture up into these trees that soar hundreds of feet into the air and part of that is recognizing our duty to the other courts
1: but do you not worry that since i originally hailed from one set such court that it may test my dedication
3: has not this whole experience been a test of your dedication?
1: I suppose you're right. Hmm.
3: I do not worry. Your choice will be your own, and I and the rest of the world will continue to live on through it. Though I will admit it would sadden me to see you go, Rega.
1: I have no intention of leaving. I I feel like I belong here.
3: A good feeling for the moment. Come, let us walk. Remember this place and carve a memory of it before we leave for this week.
1: And she'll kind of just like reverently bow to you. Like, not like a full bow to like a liege lord, but like a recognition of your wisdom and your position uh, and all you mean uh, within this community. And uh, she will go and she will walk with you. All right, we are going to fly from there to an even different world, a very different court from what we've seen uh, of the light and the beauty within uh, the wield. We go to one of nigh darkness, the gloaming of the unseelie court and we see a lone figure traveling through a hall with uh, torches lit upon it with this black fire and this flickering with this ever-present wind that seems to always be moving through the palace. And Maeve, we see you heading towards your one final meeting with your mother before departing for this year's Yuletide where you will make your debut to the Fae Courts. How has Maeve been preparing for her journey?
4: Um, a lot of, I don't even know what to call it, but a lot of research, I guess, on the high, stop eating my notebook, on the high families that will be there, um, the eligible heirs, um, just a lot of, I guess, reconnaissance in that sense, um, and a lot of just attempting to memorize and strategize, um, surrounding who's going to be there that's definitely her main focus
1: as you kind of approach the main doors that lead into like this throne room where you're going to be meeting your mother your goblin nanny um who has helped raise you uh, from a very very small child is waiting outside uh and he smiles to you and kind of whispers in a low hushed tone She's in a very bad mood.
4: When is she ever in a good mood?
1: I suppose you're right with that case, but I wouldn't test her today if I were you.
4: Fair enough. I I appreciate the heads up.
1: And with that, he'll open the doors for you uh, so that you can walk inside. And it's just this room of just pure, like, black granite like it looks so shiny and beautiful like it feels like you could be just be sucked through the floor um, and as you walk in you see your mother poised on her throne a very familiar grimace on her face one face that you're very familiar with uh, from being raised uh by this woman Um, And standing in front of her, you see uh, your cousin Hurst, um, who is standing in front of her, having a brief conversation with her. Uh, As you walk in, he ceases speaking uh, and bows to you in reverence because you are of a higher position than him. And uh, what do you do as you walk into this room?
4: Um, I would approach them and probably give him a small nod of recognition, but not say anything. Um, and then as I, I guess, approach the throne, probably a very slight bend of the knee bow to my mother and then just wait for her to start.
1: (laughs) She makes you wait a second as she kind of looks you over. What is Maeve wearing right now? Is this our travel day? Yeah, this is your travel day.
4: Um, okay, so she is wearing a, like, jet black jumpsuit. Like, long pants, probably like a halter top with ruffles along the front. Um, and then she's wearing the necklace that she's always uh, wearing. So it's like, um, like a thick gold band with a black... Um, like diamond basically in the center of it um and then her hair is probably just down like normal
1: she kind of like gives you this once over with her eyes and says ah so that's what we're wearing are we
4: yes it uh, certainly is
1: hmm well I hope you're ready for this. You'll understand if it's very important what you're doing at the old hide this year, Maeve. It would be such a shame if you disappointed us yet again.
4: Been preparing very thoroughly for this, as you have made it very clear that I cannot screw this up.
1: You need to select a consort that is worthy of the Unsealy court. That is not such an easy task to accomplish, but alas, I cannot join you this year.
4: Don't worry. Vin and I have been very, uh, thorough in our research and he has gone over everything with me.
1: Hmm. Yes. As much as I trust our dear goblin companion to show you the ins and outs of Fae society, you will trust that I am not confident in whatever performance you'll be bringing.
4: I'm fairly aware, but as I've said, I'll do my best.
1: That's all we can ask, I suppose. But your cousin Hurst will be there. And he can lend you a hand, if needed.
4: Good old cousin Hurst to the rescue.
1: Ah, yes. Well, someone... ...diligent has to to accompany you, I would imagine.
4: You're probably correct.
1: Oh, not probably, dear. 100% correct. Now, I expect you to correspond with me regularly. And do not accept any proposals, of course, until I have, uh, approved of the match.
4: I wouldn't dream of it. Lisa, put your fucking fingers away.
1: Excellent. Well, good luck. And don't make a fool of yourself. Thank you. Ta-ta. And she'll
4: kind of just wave you off. Um, As Maeve, like, turns around, she'll probably, like, roll her eyes towards Hurst and then smile and walk out.
1: And Hurst will very genteelly put a hand in front of his face as if he's coughing, but to cover up the laugh that he's doing. <clears throat> yes, of course and then he will turn and also follow you out to the awaiting carriages. Okay, last but certainly not least, allow us to play out our final scene, this one at the host court of this year's Yuletide. The Court of Winter has been very busy with its last minute preparations being made for the other court's arrival the next day. Um, Ambar and (laughs) Ilfar. Ambar and Ilthar, that's going to be fun to say. Oh boy. You you find yourselves um, in your chambers uh, resting before the events of uh, the next evening when you hear a confident knock on both of your doors as you are next door neighbors in your uh, chambers (laughs) in the palace. Uh,
5: What do both of you do? I... Let out a very heavy sigh, and we'll go and get the door. I was not resting, I was certainly working at my desk, for sure. (laughs) Writing last minute things, um, making sure that the band of uh, bagpipists that Strabog had ordered get lost in a storm somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will go answer the door. What about Ambar?
0: Um... He's probably going to take his little mirror on a stick and stick it under the door and just make sure he knows who it is first. And then he's going to double check the peephole and then he'll open the door.
1: So outside you find the air elemental butler to Boreas, Claude, who uh, is waiting for both of you. And he says, Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're both here. I've been looking everywhere for you. Boreas has to see you right away.
5: You didn't think to look here first?
1: Uh, God.
0: Yeah, we've been here the whole time.
1: I was looking all over his palace. I am sorry. Boris is in such a mood this evening. I do not know what I will do.
5: I feel like Amber and I just exchange a look through this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) full pull the office like... Yeah.
5: You must follow me right away.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. All right.
1: <laughs> so he ushers you up to the private living quarters uh, of the Winter Court, um, where he like ushers like he ushers you inside. You two are, are waiting outside at the door. There, you should be able to see it now on roll twenty. Um, and he's like, "You go in ahead, and I will wait out here until you are done."
0: R- right. Great, thanks.
5: Thank
1: you, Claude. It's Claude, you know this. We've worked together for 50 years. I'm already walking through the door. (laughs) (laughs) We like to gather together. (laughs) So as you walk through the doors, (laughs) as you walk through the doors, you're greeted by a very domestic scene. You see Boreas sitting by a roaring fire with Alvin and Aurora, um, both like adjacent to him on these elegantly upholstered chairs. And music flows through the room as Freya and her aunt Odelia sit at the pianoforte playing a duet together. Uh, And watching diligently the performance, you see Wes and Strabog, uh, who are uh, taking in the performance with rapt attention um and you all walk in that what how, how has Sir bog been spending his evening the day before the yuletide
6: uh so he's been preparing for obviously a very long time for this um but uh so so he feels like he's done as much as he can and he's gonna make sure he gets yeah, he's been fretting about the bagpipers. Uh yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he really
5: wants to know what happened to those bagpipers.
6: <laughs> yeah, he's in a panic. No, he's uh he feels like he's prepared as much as he can and now he's um trying to tend to his family and make sure that they're ready. And uh and part of this evening listening to this performance is um is keeping keeping the atmosphere happy and calm in the house
1: yeah, so um Ambar and Elsar, you both walk in and you're kind of taking in this domestic scene. and Boreas turns as you both walk in the door and he beckons you over uh, to the fire. Um, and as he does that, Aurora gets up from her seat, smiling very kindly at the both of you, uh, and like offers it to uh, like for you guys to sit where she was sitting, and then she kind of just makes her way. Over to the piano. And then as that happens, Boreas says, uh, Strabok, come and join us as well, please.
6: Oh, of course. I say in my brain.
1: (laughs) Great, great. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he he ushers you over, and then Boreas looks to,
5: to both of you and he says, Well, final reports. I believe everything so should no be good. Uh, what he said. Everything's going good. according to plan. Good. Good.
1: I'm happy to hear that. Did we end up deciding exactly where we were going to put the Goblin Court in terms of the as to not create any necessary conflict? Um.
5: If I recall, they should be on opposite ends of the ground, my lord. Good, I'm happy to hear that. <clears throat>
1: now to another matter that I wanted both of you involved with, and also my dear son. I think it's far past time for you to marry my boy. I think the time is now, and I would very kindly like you to have someone picked by the end of the old Time.
6: me, uh, Strabar yes. will legitimately be confused.
1: <laughs> yes, you. Is there some other royal frost prince that I'm speaking to, or is it just you? I suppose it's me. Your brother has done his duty and married, and now it is your turn. Hmm.
6: Well, my father would know best.
1: Yes, indeed I do. Uh, Ambar. what what do you know of the the eligible people that are coming to the Yuletide this year?
0: Uh, About their eligibility, next to nothing.
5: Excellent. (laughs) Iltha? As I understand it, the uh, heir to the Unseelie Court should be making her debut.
1: Mm. Yes, well, that could be a very good match. Perhaps you should uh, take a turn around the grounds with her or something.
6: If I recall, she's fairly young. Are there any um, older, eligible... uh,
1: Young didn't seem to be a problem for you not that long ago.
6: Uh, If I recall correctly, that was a terrible mistake uh, in your words.
1: Mm, yes, I'm glad you could quote me directly there. It was a terrible mistake, but here's what I'm willing to offer you myself. If you do find an eligible match by the end of the tide, whether they be young or old, I will find it in my heart to give both Wes and Freya a proper title at court. A position that will allow them to live in some comfort but only if you marry.
6: Interesting. I understand, thank you.
5: Uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, my lord. M- might I clarify? B- by proper title, do you uh, in- intend to uh, claim them, so to speak? I. Oh God, no, <laughs> no! Oh God, sorry. Um, thank you for
1: clarifying that, Ilsa. That wouldn't be a terrible mistake. No, I'll give them, uh, I don't know. They can be a counter or a countess or something. I don't. Something simple. Uh, something, you know, uh, dynastic enough. No, Stravok needs to marry to produce a legitimate heir that could potentially inherit one day if necessary. And he'll look over at Alban and say since some of us have failed in our duty in other ways.
0: Damn.
1: (laughs) And with that, Alvin will kind of, like, glare at his father and, like, kind of make his way over to the piano performance, like, clearly
5: not interested in hearing any more from his dad. So? See the... The problem with looking for someone older, uh, Lord Shabog, is that most of them have already married. You are somewhat of a... oddity.
6: Thank you.
1: <laughs> so, what I'll need from you, Iltha, obviously you have better insight into what's going on in the other courts, and Amber, Amber, I will need you to do some reconnaissance to make sure whoever Strabog decides upon is worthy of the title.
0: How would I decide that?
1: Well, you'll collect your research and then you'll bring it to me and I can make that determination. Fair enough. Are we all clear on this? Of course of course. Yes. Excellent. I'm happy to hear it. And as he's kind of wrapping this up, um, you all hear the familiar kind of um, dulcet tones of Aurora, Boreas' youngest daughter, who says, Ah, Ilthar, dear, would you come over and turn the pages of the sheet music for Freya and Wedelia?
5: Ilthar will, like, look between Boreas and look between Aurora and be like, can I, can I go? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Boreas will just kind of be like, go ahead. Right, absolutely. He kind of like side-eyes Amber as he walks by.
1: Well, why? Do, what are you still doing here? You can go do whatever you
0: want now.
6: I must arrange right. the bagpipes to uh, find a. <laughs>
5: the
0: bagpipes are late. The bag
5: <laughs>
0: they um, they're gone.
6: What do you mean they're gone?
0: <laughs> they were. Um, and then he looks really quick over. He's like, they got lost in a storm.
6: <laughs> ah, perhaps it's for the best.
0: Oh yes, and then oh, he just
6: leaves. And just walks up. Uh, Strabog will actually also uh leave.
1: Oh, he's also just gonna fuck off.
6: I mean, yeah, he's like, well, I've got, I have some thinking I gotta do.
1: As as he starts walking off, um, to see Freya kind of like look over at her father and funny father. I'm not done the movement yet. <laughs> Your dad—he just disappears before she's yeah. done.
5: <laughs> Much cooth, very wow. Yeah. Why, why is father in such a foul mood? I believe because he just got ordered to marry someone. She'll <laughs> <You're> kind of <laughs> laugh at that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Put it so bluntly. Married, <laughs> someone marry father? What? <laughs> yes, the, the poor dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it will be good. If there's
1: anything like Aunt Odelia, it, it will be a lovely addition to the family. And she'll look over at her aunt, who's very like...
5: I don't think there's like anyone you. like your Aunt Odelia.
1: Then Odelia will smile at you. Very gracious, sir. I appreciate the compliment and, and Alvin like, the side, page Alvin side eyes you like stop flirting with my wife <laughs> All right and then we're going to we're going to fade away from that scene as uh, it comes to the day of the Yuletide So the day of the Yuletide has arrived and all of you are traveling or already on the grounds of the Winter Palace where various pavilions have been created Uh, for your your arrival, your courts, uh, and honored guests in tow with you. So I am now going to move it over to our throne room here. So as um, Aura, Maeve, and Kesa, as you all arrive with your parties in tow at the palace, you are ushered into a procession that is along this long throne room. The walls are 40 feet high with these massive floor-to-ceiling windows that seem to be inlaid with this pale blue ice almost that seems to be like cracking outwards and giving this illusion of uh, like, like frost kind of on the window panes. The entire room is full of these truly massive ice sculptures that tower over all the guests. Uh, with various scenes of like men astride horses with various weapons, various goddesses kind of displayed. Um, and at the end of the room, in a uh throne made entirely of ice that is like crystal clear and kind of having these um really beautiful, like intricate designs all across the side and like up at the top of it, uh, and then like. Think of the Iron Throne, but instead of like swords, it's almost like icicles protruding out from the top of it to kind of give it this very, like, giant and very, like, spectacular kind of view. Um, Sitting on that throne, you see Boreas, who kind of has this impatient look across his face. um, And you see his family kind of spread out uh, around him, which you should be able to see um, on the, uh, roll 20 right now, so you have Boreas on his throne, and then standing in front of him, uh, like, down a few steps, uh, you have Albin and his wife Odelia, and then Strabog. you're standing right beside your sister Aurora, and then standing behind the throne, but still in a position of prominence, you have, uh, Fae and Wes, and, uh, then, like, standing at the back, by like the doors you have Elthar and Ambar who are like standing kind of watch uh, over all of this. So with that in mind, uh, the groups begin progressing uh, into this uh, like entrance hall essentially. And Kesa, it is your group that is ushered in first. Um, and standing at the front of the room uh, like right before like these big stairs right here, I should be able to ping her, is uh, Lona of uh, Navius, and she is uh, Boreas' Chamberlain. So basically she's kind of like in charge of the household per se. Uh, and she's kind of heralding everyone as they come into this throne room and like introducing them for Boreas. And I'm gonna warn you guys, I practice these names, but I might just be butchering it. So she says aloud, Cesaranya of the Numinous world, and their companions, Biflu... Bifluvonga Rega, and Ufskerfesht <laughs> House. Butchered it. Yes! So, uh, Luke, would you like to describe, uh, first of all, what yourself looks like, like, what you look like, what you're wearing, and then your two companions as well. Okay, yeah,
7: sounds good. Yeah.
3: Sounds good. Um, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with Kesa, which might be a few, might not be, um, they are old by face standards. And we're not talking like, oh, they look elderly. Like, they are old. Um, To the point where it looks like their skin has almost petrified into wood across their face and body and is actually peeling at certain parts here. If you look at the token, um, you can actually start to see it there. Um, But the skin underneath is like when you look at a... What is it? A beech tree? The ones that uh, are out by the ocean and they start to peel and there's all that really fresh, healthy bark underneath them. Um, That's kind of what you see there. Almost like they're proceeding through the season as well. um, And getting ready now again for or spring after our time here at Yuletide with the Winter Court. Um, they are looking at them, both facially and bodily, fairly androgynous, as though they embody both best parts of male and female. Um, and their hair is not shock white, but almost like a, a, a luminous white that is kind of giving off very light, light light as they proceed through. Um, And while I say that they are old, they do not walk with a limp, they are not uh, infirm in any way, shape, or form, Um, it is just their appearance as such. Uh, What they are currently wearing, though, is a gleaming set of half-plate that seems to be carved from wood, Um, but looking at it is just, it's got to be some kind of steel or mithril or something along those lines just from the way that they carry themselves while carrying it. Strapped along their back is a single long sword um, that almost gleams out of its scabbard, but is repressed enough that it doesn't seem to be giving off too much light. Beyond that, they stand fairly proud, upright, um, and look up at Boreas. And while they do give a bow, it's more of a bow of equals rather than a bow of um, not a subordinate. But um, no, I guess I guess subordinate would be the, the correct term. Um, uh, essentially one High caretaker or High Lord acknowledging another. Um, do you want to take Rega?
1: Yeah, so uh, Rega who is like uh, walking like a step behind you but at your side uh, she has this long beautiful black hair uh, that is loose uh, for this immediate entrance. Kesa's is more used to seeing her having it uh, braided. Uh, is normally how she'll wear it in the wheels. Um, she has, like, a beautiful tan skin, uh, a very light, uh, like, she, she looks very petite, but she, you can tell by looking at her that she's quite athletic, like, that she has strength from her time in the world and that she's been out in nature, um, that she's very, like, active within it. And she's wearing very simple travel robes that are kind of in this like pale almost khaki color and then she has like a worn cloak over top of her like clearly not prepared to immediately see the high lord of winter upon her arrival like this is just what uh she travels in uh and she's kind of looking around a little bit nervous uh a little uncertain at everything and with that I'm gonna pause before we get to house uh, house description um, because as she's kind of looking around, gleaning at everything, I am going to have Ambar, Stravog, and Kesa make the first rolls of the game, and you need to give me some perception checks.
5: <laughs> Do it, John. Let's see it. And you can roll at home. You don't
0: have to roll on rolls twenty you motherfucker. Oh my God. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to do it, so I fucking did it.
1: Okay. Nice. So, Dude,
6: that is tasty.
1: Kesa, you definitely catch it. But Ambar, there is no doubt in your mind that you're catching this. You see a look of recognition in Rega's eyes as she looks at Ilthar.
3: I'm just gonna write something down. Cool.
1: And, cool. Kesa, you, you, you note
5: that as well.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. You, can, you can continue with <laughs> house description. Do, do I notice it? <laughs> oh yeah, roll- yeah, Elsa can roll away too, I guess. Cool, cool, cool. Eh, she looks at you.
5: <laughs> I, I notice her, yeah. Yeah, you notice yeah.
1: each other.
3: And then Haust, who is to Kesa's right, is almost the polar opposite of Rega. Um, a very, very tall um, male Fae, who obviously has some sort of autumnal heritage. Uh, let's see if I can look at that token and give myself a little bit of a better description. Yeah. Um, so again, kind of looking a little old as well. Not as old as Kesa, but certainly old for Fae once again. Um, and he carries himself alongside this, just this staff of old... How would I put this? Again, kind of petrified wood in this way. Uh, oak that he does not need to support himself on, but is almost like a badge of office. Um, and as he moves, there's almost like a quiet that moves through the room with house. As he doesn't seem to be looking anywhere than where he's going, but even for the most uninitiated amongst you, you can tell he's taking every single detail in. Um, and he's just understanding everything that's going on around him. Uh, He, on the other hand, does drop into a low bow to Boreas, um, and probably stays there for mm, not too long, but long enough that it almost hits that threshold of awkward, um, before coming back upright and just standing there, like, dead quiet. You don't even know if he's breathing or not. Like, his chest isn't rising and falling. He's just kind of standing there,
6: like a like a fixture, almost.
1: Incredible. So, as this kind of exchange of looks, this exchange of nods of, to equals, Boreas, like, will mirror your action, Kesa, of, like, recognizing his deference to you, as well as an acknowledgement of your equal standing in terms of power. And he will say, it has been a very long time.
3: Ah, but how the decades go past, King. You of the highest mountain upon the tallest peak. I do miss our time together.
1: We did used to have quite a lot of fun, didn't we?
3: (laughs) Ah, how we chased Zephyrs. But it is good to
6: see you.
1: It is you I am very most pleased to see at this year's proceedings, and I welcome you And your guests, most graciously, to our court.
3: And we we are received with grace. I will ask that you pardon our wear. We have only just arrived and have not had time yet to settle.
1: It is to be expected, of course. Please uh, pay no mind to the elaborate garb of my family. Uh, We're just all so excited to have you here.
3: And we are glad to be here. Uh, No, I took a breath in like I was going to say something. I'm not going to say anything.
1: (laughs) And you'll, like, uh, Lona will kind of just usher you off to the side uh, to kind of wait while the other groups are um, being introduced. So I'm just going to move you guys over here. And we'll move up the next group here. uh, As we're kind of going along here. And so uh, Lona will then uh, introduce the next party and say... The Princess Maeve, daughter of the Queen of Air and Darkness, and her cousin, Hurst, Count Haverton. Uh, and Mona will bow towards uh, Boreas. So, uh, Shanna, would you like to describe what Maeve looks like, what she's wearing a little bit here? I will describe Hurst in a bit of detail, and you can also describe um, your nanny, who has the best name ever.
4: So um, as I had said before Maeve is wearing like a very flowy jumpsuit with like the halter roughly top and her necklace Her hair is down just like it is in uh, the token So it's like a white not quite platinum blonde but it's a very very light blonde Um, She's got ironically she's got like icy blue eyes that would totally fit in in the winter court Um, She 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 just has a very resting bitch face look about her all the time, all the fucking time. Um, so she probably like hits a really deep bow um, once she gets up there and is introduced. Um,
5: I'll let you take Hearst, and then... so Hearst, but sorry, go ahead, Lisa. Did you have? To... I was gonna say, can I message Stravog and just make sure he's paying attention? Like that's the one. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Quiet, this is a this is a formal proceeding.
5: <laughs> it's in your head, yes. you idiot. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's
4: why you messaged us back, didn't you get that?
1: So, um uh Hurst is standing beside you and whereas like Maeve kind of has this very like fair complexion with the blonde hair, she will get Hurst is like pale white, almost translucent skin, uh, and this dark ebony black hair, and then he has these two horns kind of protruding from the top of his head that kind of, like, uh, curl out, like, almost like a satyr, but, like, dark black. Uh, and he stands quite tall um, beside his cousin. He's very sharply dressed in a tailored black suit um, and with, like, a ruff at the top of it. Goodbye, Luke. And... <laughs> Um, He kind of stands as an imposing figure uh, beside you. And then on the other side, in a formal attire with dark green skin, is uh, Shanna's nanny, uh, or Maeve's nanny, who uh, he'll kind of like look over at Lona. And Lona will be like, oh, I apologize. And also, uh, the honorable, Diesel. Terrible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so as these introductions are made, Boreas smiles very kindly at you, Maeve, and says, uh, We are pleased to welcome you to court, princess. Um, is this your first time ever coming to the Winter Court?
4: Yes, your majesty. It is my first time. Thank you for having us. Of course, Will. Perhaps I can find
1: you a guide to, uh, show you the the ways of our court, uh, show you around all the beautiful places to see. Uh, Sir Monk. <laughs> Son, uh, you, you'll be able to show the princess Maeve around, won't you?
6: Uh, and I will bow uh, slightly and say, as, uh, I would be happy to show, uh, anybody who, (laughs) (laughs) as a host, host, it it would be my pleasure to, uh, to be a guide, yes.
4: Excellent! Excellent. Most appreciated, uh, what is his title? What's Tarog's title? Uh, Duke. That would be most appreciated, Duke, uh, Sir Duke, and then she'll, like, bow to you as well.
1: Excellent! We've uh, already made some friendships. I'm so pleased to see. Well, enjoy your time here, my dear.
5: You almost have to make a will save to hold it together.
1: <laughs> no, I'm
5: kidding. <laughs> All right, so your party is kind
1: of ushered off to the side. Um, the next party that uh, that steps up is the party of the Autumn Court which is led by Kader, who is the High Lord of Autumn. Uh, And he has his uh, husband, Fabian, and his son, Rigidas, at uh, his side as he's walking up. And then behind them are like these three beautiful women uh, who are kind of like tittering to themselves a little bit as they're approaching the throne, Um, like having a little side conversation. Uh, They all bow deeply to Boreas, Ex- exchanging and trees, everything kind of going according to plan. Uh, the same goes for the uh, Spring Court as they make their approach uh, with uh, Tamlin, his wife Ivy, and then their two daughters. Uh, you'll notice that they make an exchange with Odelia, who's standing up there next to Alvin, just a little recognition to their daughter, who is already there. Um, and the few other courts go through, the, the Trickster Court, the Goblin Court, And almost as if done purposely so, the final court that is brought up in front of Boreas is the court of Summer. And Lona clears her throat and says, finally, Your Majesty, Her Highness Princess Aura, daughter of Estius, High Lady of Summer, and His Highness Apollo, Duke of the Amber Range. And I need everyone to make me perception checks.
6: Did I
3: miss a call for a roll?
5: Yes, for perception checks.
3: Okay.
0: Only 26 this time.
1: <laughs> also, I, th- I think lots of you have uh, the roll twice function on in your roll 20 if you're rolling on there. That's why you're getting those two numbers. So mm. if you go into the little um, <coughs> part of your character sheet, you can uncheck that box so that it'll only
5: I I like once. keeping it up. Um, just take the first number, unless I say I have advantage or disadvantage.
1: Okay, if that's how you, if that's cool, if you want to do it that way. But I'll say Ilfar, Mave, Amber, uh, Ambar. Obviously, uh, you all catch this kind of like dropping of Borias's expression as Aura makes her way to the uh, front of the room with her uncle. Um, and their other party members in tow. Um, you do see Freya and Wes kind of look very expectantly, clearly very excited to see their aunt. Um, and Boris says, Thank you for joining us. Uh, so, Aura, would you like to describe what Aura is looking like? And then I can go into a little bit about describing Apollo.
2: Yeah, um... So, Aura is a, like, fair, beautiful. Aura is a beauty amongst the beautiful fey. Her skin is, like, it looks like, um, golden hour sunlight is hitting her. She has a golden crown, and her hair is, like, piled on top of her head, surrounded by a golden, intricately woven circlet. Um... She's wearing, as well, gold satin, um, gloves that come up to, like, the middle of her arm here. Um, a beautiful, um, golden dress. She's just, like, head to toe in gold. Um, and she's, like, keep, also keeping her, um, gaze down and, like, very demure, which is not, like, normal for her. But, um, she realizes that she doesn't want to, um uh yeah do too much to set anyone off right now how way is um boreas from at this
1: moment? i would say you're about like 10 feet away from each other maybe like a, a little bit longer than that obviously it looks longer than that in the throne room for like how everything's presented but i would say like like he's also up on an incline so you're having to like look up um, to see him in his kind of full view. So maybe maybe closer to 20 feet, we'll say.
2: 20 feet? Okay, yeah. So she doesn't do anything <laughs> okay. Um
1: okay
2: She just bows and keeps her head down and is like, thank you, your highness. We are so grateful to be
1: here. Beside you, your Uncle Apollo. He has this hair that almost looks like it's made of liquid sunlight and it kind of glows and wanes. Um... As he moves, you can kind of see it's—it's it's almost like liquid in the way of its movement. It's kind of like tossed out in the front, and he's wearing this beautiful golden plate uh, armor that seems to like mimic your dress, but in like a very masculine fashion, with kind of these intricate like sun uh, and other summer symbols kind of like mixed into it. Uh, and he has his own um, halberd strapped to his back uh and looks very regal and very austere Uh, and he bows to boreas and says as my niece said we are most pleased to return to the winter court and boreas will say yes lovely well enjoy yourselves wow
7: Whisper, whisper, whisper,
1: whisper, whisper. And with that, you are ushered off, and Boreas stands from his throne, and he says, It is my great honor to host all of you here at the Yuletide this year. There was much planning that went into this year's festivities, and my hope is that you all will have time to convene with us, and that the peace and prosperity of our courts can be celebrated here tonight. Uh, and as this, as he's saying this, Lona kind of makes her way up the last few steps and hands him this uh, goblet that looks to be made of like ice uh, as well and uh, hands it to him and he says, so drink all of my best wine, hunt all of my best game and do enjoy yourself. Uh, and as his words finish, uh, the Chamberlain Lona, she flicks her wrist and music begins to fill the hall. Uh, and waiters start streaming in from various doors, carrying trays of drinks and canapes. And the crowd kind of moves around, mingling with one another. As the first introduction event of the tide has begun, and so with that in mind, People are mingling, drinks are going around, food's going around. I'm going to kind of go to each of you and see where you're going, what you're doing, uh, and we'll kind of see how this event pans out. So we're going to start with Ambar. What is Ambar doing as all these courts are kind of starting to intermingle, chatting with one another, grabbing a drink, starting to eat, that sort of thing?
0: He is... I think he's just staying in the corners, sticking to the shadows a little bit. Not that there's a lot of that, but just mostly staying out of it. He's still on duty. He's still keeping an eye out. He's not enjoying the festivities whatsoever. He's just looking around, trying to catch any, like, any poison slips or any, like... See if anybody's got any weapons on them that they didn't reveal or any of that kind of stuff. He's not, uh, yeah, he's just, he's ants at a picnic at this moment. He's just wandering around just trying to uh, keep an eye open.
1: As you're kind of wandering around, at, at one point as you're kind of looking around everything, um, you note that Aurora, like, makes eye contact with you. Uh, and she picks a drink off the tray and like marches over to you and puts it in your hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, you should enjoy yourself.
0: Uh, I, I am very much uh, just uh, still on duty. Um, uh, th- th- thank, thank you for this <clears throat> um, but uh, I, I must um, good day. And then he just turns and, uh, gives, like, gives us like, little sort of a foot stomp and a little, like, a nod and just straight turns and just kind of walks, walks away.
1: Can we get
5: a character description for Ambar? We didn't get one. Oh, yeah, 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 oh.
1: sorry, I apologize, yeah.
0: The uh, winter okay. part um, didn't get those. Yeah, we're, we're not special. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, he is, uh, he stands about, he's, he's pretty tall for an elf, he's about 5'10", 5'11-ish. Um, he is long black hair, like, black black hair that's tied back in a ponytail. Like, just a very short ponytail it keeps it short. Um, he has very pale skin, like, no color to it whatsoever. Um, which, stark contrast, he's got bright gold right eye and then a dark, dark blue, like, navy blue left eye. Um, he's wearing a very simple three-piece suit that sort of hangs down with, like, Sort of like a... It's, it's all black, but it's got like a... Sort of a powdered purple. Just almost like a mist to it as he walks. It sort of catches the light here and there. Um, but he's... Compared to the rest of the court, he's very dressed. Very, uh... Very simple. Very, very, uh... Uninspired, basically. He's just... He's not trying to stick out. He's not trying to, not here to make friends. He's just, uh... You know, he's he's a servant. So he's, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Very dressed down. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, besides that, he's got a simple... Uh, he, ha- he has a rapier in a sheath that he holds open, but it's ceremonial purposes. He's still a honored member of... not the guard, but he's got his duties. Um, but yeah, besides that, he... Uh, yeah, just kind of wandering around and uh, making sure nobody's getting into any kind of trouble.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Aurora Aurora kind of just laughs to herself as as you, like, kind of stutter and walk off. uh, And you see her rejoin the rest of the party, kind of, like, trying to be a very gracious hostess, like, making sure people are getting drinks, like, chatting with with different people. Um, Aura, what are you doing as people are starting to kind of mingle and chat? Oh, no, I feel so ostracized by
2: Boris. Um... Um, I think, I think what I'm going to do, like, first is I'm going to subtle spell detect thoughts, um, just to get a, like, a just a read on surface thoughts of people within
7: What's the range.
2: Um... sorry, 30 feet, and so I'm going to walk around for a minute just with very surface level thoughts. I'm not going to go probing deeper, but um, yeah, and it's subtle spells so no one sees me doing that.
1: Okay, I'm just gonna move everyone in here so we can kind of see what that range would be. So, you're kind of just moving around, kind of like gauging for surface level thoughts. Um, yeah, so lots of people um, It's just like, oh, like this is so nice. What a lovely party. So good to see everyone. Oh my God, did you see what she was wearing? Oh my God, why is she here? Why are they here? What's happening? Oh, well, did you hear what she did at the last? Like, it's a lot of like basic surface level, like nothing, nothing tantalizing is really coming Mm -hmm. out at this point, but just people's first impressions. Right. Are you um, are you probing for something in particular? Like, are you looking for people who are talking about you, or...? Um, well, I just wanted to be careful that people weren't
2: gossiping about me before I went and talked to them.
1: Okay, so you do hear a few surface-level thoughts from the spring court, where some of the ladies-in-waiting, not necessarily the royal family, but some of the ladies-in-waiting are saying or thinking in their minds, did you see how he received her? Most mm-hmm. interesting. Okay.
2: Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know anybody really. Uh, I feel like I would take some time to like maybe chat to my
7: uncle and
2: take in what other people are doing and. Yeah, just see if I can get a read on the like social dynamics of who's talking, who's talking. Um, Yeah, who's avoiding
4: who. Uh roll me a perception check.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh ten. Ten. Yeah, you, you don't really notice anyone in particular looking at you or taking you in. You're kinda of just taking in the scene, uh kind of flowing with everything. Kesa. Sure. What are you doing as this initial mingling is happening?
3: Having just arrived. Oh, I muted.
1: No, you're not. No, you're not.
3: Oh, weird. Yeah, okay. It's not giving any light up or uh, it's still got the mute symbol on my screen. Cool. Uh...
0: Oh, and he's gone. <laughs> Classic Luke. Classic Luke. Well, that was even worse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Did I disconnect? Did I disconnect? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I thought so. Um, having just arrived with our packs still on our back and getting ready to settle in um, I think the trio of us from the numinous wield sling our packs back over our shoulders um, go and bow to Boreas um, once again and excuse ourselves for probably 10-15 minutes just to go to our um, go to our what's it called pavilion Uh, that's the word go to our pavilion um, and just drop them off in our respective rooms but not really spend much time kind of there. It's more of just a quick drop our things, so we're not carrying too much stuff. Though as we walk um, I think Kesa and probably Rega and the house as well are taking in um, taking in the scenery, observing what's been set up, who our neighbors are um,
5: yes, and so. what the,
3: what's, this is all going to look like
5: so
1: where the court of numinous weld has been placed uh you are right in between the trickster and the summer courts
3: hmm. all right cool cool yeah so in that case i think we go place all of our things um and get ready to head back and as we're starting to head back, he doesn't need to talk to Haust. Haust knows what he's doing. He's been here before. He's done this almost as many times as Kesa has. Um, but Kesa looks at rega and says, And how are we feeling now?
1: And she kind of takes a deep breath and says, <laughs> More nervous than we were before, I believe.
3: Well, that won't do.
1: Allow me Go some time. I'm sure it um, will come.
3: I don't doubt it. But do not sequester yourself away. Our time here is short, and we must make the most of it. So come, drink with us, be merry, meet your kin. Of it has been, well, it has been long since you spent time outside of the Weald and it would do you good to make friends.
1: I would love to do that. Thank
3: you. Good, good. Oh, and should you stumble across him, send Ishvior, dear to me. You wish to speak with him? Very much so. It has been a time.
1: Indeed it has.
3: Can I go ahead on an insight check with her? I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to get a gauge as to whether... What what she's feeling in regards to seeing him here.
1: Okay. Boop!
3: Hey, 17.
1: You sense from her uh, a nervousness and a discomfort.
3: Okay, so it's a negative nervousness rather than a positive, like, excited anxiety. I,
1: I would say with that role you couldn't just determine whether it was positive or negative. Okay. Okay. She is definitely nervous, though, and even more so that you have acknowledged her recognition of him.
3: Good. That's the point. Alright, um, so then yeah, we head on back. Kesa immediately grabs whatever beverage is closest, um, takes a moment to kind of sweep the room and take in this experience of so many different of the courts coming together again, um, seeing how the faces have changed over the decades and over the centuries, and um, looking and seeing like roles that were once filled by people who I would call friend or acquaintance being now filled by strangers who I don't know whatsoever. And they start to glide around the room making introductions, connecting with people, um, and really just listening as people kind of share, maybe not the entirety of their stories, but, you know, welcome. Tell me of yourself. You are a new face to me. And I would like to hear what brings you to the court. Or what brings you to Yuletide.
1: Okay. And you start having these very kind uh, conversations with the various courts and various people. And we're going to pause there. And now we're going to go to Ilfar. Oh, it? What is
5: Ilfar doing in the throne room? <laughs> well, I I will start with uh, Ilthar's description for everybody. Oh yes, yes, yeah, of course. Um okay. Iltharasis is ice given shape. He's tall and lithe with this like powder blue complexion and intense cyan eyes. Um he has blonde hair that is so light it could be mistaken for the color of snow and it hangs long around his shoulders like a waterfall cascade. Um, he's wearing a long and elegant tailcoat in midnight blue, accented with silver embroidery and flowing into finely tailored slit sleeves. Uh, the inside of this garment is lined with immaculate white owl feathers. And he's also wearing these high-waisted dark breeches, fine Hessian boots, and a rich blue waistcoat. And a fashionable cravat formed of like glittering hoarfrost is tucked into his shirt, giving him the appearance of a well-appointed gentleman. And I have a picture because I yeah, Lisa, I, I, Lisa, did an art. insane <laughs> person. Here, I'll put it in Discord. How about that? Perfect. Let me just upload the file. Uh, but uh, what I think Ilthard is going to do while I'm doing this. i think he's going to go look to wes and freya see one where freya has probably already wandered off to and if wes is hiding on the outskirts so freya it looks like has been
1: kind of those those tittering women from the autumn court it appears she's been drawn in with them uh and they're kind of laughing away uh, near the center of the room, uh, with with something uh, like nondescript, you can't really make out what they're talking about. But she looks to be having a fantastic time. She looks very happy um, that she's socializing. Uh, and you are right. Wes is standing on the edge of the room, a little nervous, a little uncertain, not sure where to kind of dive in. And he just has a drink in his hand and is kind of just like pleasantly nodding at people as they go by, but he's not really talking to anyone.
5: I, I will make a very detailed mental note of those girls' faces, and then I will go to Wes. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> are, are you in, enjoying the party, Ilzar?
5: Well, it's only just started, Wes. Yes. <laughs> then will <he'll> just drink. <laughs> If you would like, uh, we can go out together. Perhaps I can introduce you to a few of our guests. Mmm. Yeah, that that sounds like it would be a good idea. Right. And he'll, like, put a hand on his other shoulder, like, very gently trying to comfort and just very quietly, like, under his breath, just goes, Take a deep breath. (sighs) Okay. It'll be over faster than you know, and he's going to usher him out onto the floor. <laughs> and who is he going to introduce him to? It's a wonderful
1: question. Who do we got here? <laughs> You've got quite the hall of of people. We do, we do. Uh... Do you want to? If you even just want to ping someone, just one sec. I got to go back to this runner. Um, if you want to ping someone that you would go and introduce him to.
5: Why not? I'll take him, perhaps, to where the Spring Court is congregating, just because Odelia is his aunt, so that sort of gives him an in, right? hmm Yeah. And right. sort of politely uh, introduce him and start making small talk with these other fae
1: okay so you had a who are you introducing him to are you going to introduce him to the high lord and lady or are you going to introduce him well you have to, to, to the the daughters? start with
5: them that's that's just that's just good practice right okay so you approach camlin and ivy and what does ilfar say he's a son of winter right that that would be his title right now yes that's correct Well, then I will introduce him very politely as Wes, the son of Winter. It is a pleasure to have you in our court. Yes, it is a pleasure.
1: Wes, I've heard very fond things about you from my daughter. This is Tamlin speaking. Um, And, like, the the two sisters, Willow and um, Florence, kind of walk over to him and say oh it must be so exciting to have the first big coming out of your season and Wes kind of like flushes uh, at the attention and is like yes it's it's quite exciting i'm it should be a great time and he kind of just like starts getting into genteel conversation with um with your uh introduction does I'm, like, getting
5: prompts here and there, like, oh, did you know that he sculpted these fine, uh, (laughs) decorations, (gasps) things like that, right?
1: You did? And, like, Wes is like, oh, yes, I, I, I love to sculpt things, and he'll just kind of, like, keep going on as you're kind of, like, setting up these, like, balls for him, and he's just, like, hitting them uh with each of the different things and they're kind of making conversation. Does Ilthar stick around for a little bit or is he kind of like setting him up and then going to kind of like take a step back?
5: He sticks around for like as long as he feels once he sees Wes getting comfortable then he'll start like taking a step back. Okay. Just getting the ball rolling for this guy. <laughs> then okay, he's gotta perfect. go find Strabog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so we'll we'll pause that and we'll have that happen when we get to Strabog's part um, Maeve what is Maeve doing as everyone's so the reading picture is,
5: uh, is up in discord if people missed it
1: Maeve is very
4: enigmatically uh, mingling she is talking to uh, different groups Uh, she is just kind of talking to anybody like that is willing to talk to her and have a conversation with her it's all very light uh things but it's still she's trying to make connections with different people so she's not
1: um shying away from any potential conversations so as you're kind of mingling around and chatting you see your cousin Rigidas make eye contact with you, and then walk over and say, Cousin, it has been a very long time. It certainly has. How have you been? Oh, incredibly well. You know, so much to do in the Autumn Court, so little time. What do you get up to in the gloaming court? What what, what do you do for fun? I forget.
4: Well, um, I take trips to the Mortal Plain occasionally to do some hunting, Um, but otherwise I've just been training quite a lot, I suppose. Getting ready to take on
1: the throne, I suppose. Oh, is the Queen of Air and Darkness ready to step aside?
4: No, not even a little bit, but you know, anything I do is not good enough for her, so always training, always learning.
1: I wouldn't know what that's like. My father's love me endlessly.
4: I wouldn't. Well, I do sort of know what that's like. Uh, Vinny over there—he's great to me.
1: Yes, I, I recall you bringing your your goblin friend along for your visits with fa- With uh, with your father. Well, seems you've.
7: You look very
4: well. I very well. inside check that? Because that seemed really snippety.
1: Sure, go for it. Yep. Yeah, this is just your cousin. You and Bridgidos kind of hung out a little bit when you were younger, but you haven't really seen him much since he's grown up. And, like, he's, like, from
4: the... I stopped going to the Autumn Court also. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. So basically, once your visits to the Autumn Court kind of whittled away, you stopped seeing him. But the child you remember is a very pompous, stuck-up kid, and it seems like he hasn't changed that much. Great. Well, uh, we'll we'll see how things go. Perhaps if your dance card's a little low, I can uh, write my name on there for the ball coming up. Wouldn't want you seen without a dance partner.
4: I suspect that won't be an issue, but if you need me to make time for you, I'm more than
1: willing. <laughs> he kind of laughs at that. Hi, Steve. Have a good time, Mave, uh, and then he'll he'll step away. What a fucking dickhead. <laughs> We are now going to move on to Strabog. Would Strabog, like to describe what he looks like and what he is wearing.
6: Absolutely. Uh, so Strabog is uh, about as tall as um, Faye, as most of you have seen. Um, I think uh, approaching eight feet is kind of the kind of the height. Um, and then on top of that, he has his large antlers that are uh, up, and they're decorated kind of like this. They've got uh, baubles that are are lit in them, uh, as well as uh, holly. Um, and other um, kind of winter vegetation um, his clothing is uh he's wearing a very simple but very well uh <laughs> very easy for him but yeah uh, he's wearing a, a very simple but very well tailored um, suit that is uh and it's um it's a, like a sheer white uh kind of like the uh like fresh snow uh on like a crisp uh, day that the sun's been beating on a little bit, so it's got that uh, very shimmery surface. Um, uh, and the the sleeves are very long, um, and uh, he's got uh, he's got a staff in his hand as well, um, and it's a uh, it's like a white um, again very white uh, kind of ivory staff with a um, depictions of uh, snow foxes um, circling around the the haft of it. Um, Uh, and then one kind of, um, howling at the top. Uh, that's what he looks like. Uh, what he's doing is he's going to, um, be playing the host. He's going to be looking for, uh, first he's going to greet his, um, probably his best friend who, uh, who's here to visit. He would look for Kesa, who I think he knows probably the best out of any of the, um, any of the guests. Um, but I guess, uh, they already left, um. So he might go towards the uh, spring
7: court,
6: um, and and find somebody else that he's that he's very close with, uh, oh, and, and <laughs> yeah, I guess with Weiss. Uh, his first look would be to his children, but he sees that they're in very capable hands, so he would leave them to um, their own devices. Um, and he'd make very very just like entry level. Hello, welcome, good to see you. Um, uh, um, kind of the appropriate greetings, and then after he's made it like clear and kind of obvious that he's searched out his friend, uh, he's gonna go right immediately next to Apollo, um, uh, and in 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 the in the um, kind of making it obvious out the gate that he's like searching out people that he's intending to welcome, um, and he's gonna he's basically gonna try to undo his father's. Uh, um damage.
1: Awesome. So you head up to Apollo, who looks a little surprised that you are seeking him out, but who will greet you very kindly and say um, hello.
6: Welcome, welcome Apollo. Um, we're very we're very excited. Oh, he's, he's Lord Apollo uh, Duke Apollo.
1: He's Duke Apollo, like he's yeah. Apollo Duke of the Amber range.
6: Perfect. Uh so your grace would be would be appropriate, right? Yeah, your
1: grace would be appropriate,
6: yeah. Yeah. Uh welcome, welcome your grace. Um we We're we were so excited to have you, uh you and your your court here with us again. Uh it's been too long since you've graced our halls. Um and can I make like a like a persuasion check to make it like uh like very very clear that I'm being earnest and very very excited to have them.
1: Okay, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah, so he looks at you, a little surprised, like, he he raises an eyebrow, but then he says, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting a warm welcome, but I appreciate the sentiment, Your Grace, and thank you for your kind welcome.
6: Uh, And I say, uh, you're most most welcome. That's our... That's our intent here. Um, please if if there's anything that uh, that you wish of us here, um, come come to me and I'll be most happy to uh, to arrange whatever I can for you.
1: Yes, that would be excellent. Uh, my hope is that that same generosity will also be extended to my niece, and he will turn towards Aura and bring her into the conversation
6: excellent yeah uh and Strabog will will bow to you as well and um and and say exactly uh kind of mirror the sentiment you're you're welcome here we're very happy to have you here um
2: while you're talking you feel like the tiniest little touch on your calf. and can you tell me what emotion you're feeling as you welcome me
6: uh, I actually have blind sight uh up to you, 10 feet
2: so, um, if you look down at your sky, what you see is a tiny, um, about seven inch tall green face, um, who, uh, you know, she's got this shock of pink hair, but her skin is green, um, she's, like, covered in leaves, and as you, you, like, look down at her, she, like, steps back and waves at you and flitters off, but you know, uh-huh than you were feeling
6: uh perfect so I'll, I'll send into the phase mind um you're welcome too little one as i uh turn to the uh turn to the group uh the emotions that i'm feeling are um uh definitely uh, an amount of trepidation
7: mm-hmm.
6: uh, as well as um uh, as hope that this that this will will turn out uh and, and a level of shame as well at uh, the way my father treated our guests here. Um uh, yeah, and I'll I'll yeah, welcome Celeste to the or uh, Aurora. Uh to or yeah to the Celeste uh, <laughs> Yeah, Celeste you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, welcome yeah, Aurora yeah. to the uh, to the group. <laughs> you're back. Uh, and yeah, and, and clearly make myself available to the to the the whole summer court um in in whatever I can do for you. And then, uh, as I mentioned, the conversation starts to dwindle off. We don't have too much to talk to about. I'll, I'll start searching out guests who have never been to the Winter Court before and um, start doing doing a similar thing, making sure that they're uh, they're aware that we're very happy to have them here, introduce myself, make them feel comfortable and at home.
1: As you're kind of slipping away from the Summer Court and you're having more of those conversations, Ilthar, that is when you find Stravag.
5: Seeing that he's talking to the summer court, I think Ilthar would think it is not um, appropriate for him to interrupt that. Whatever's going on there, he wants no part of it, to be totally honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's uh, what I'm saying, but like, as he's slipping away and like he's weaving through the rest of the crowd and like he's now stepped away from the summer court.
5: Gotcha, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, approach Strabog. So, what do you think?
6: Well, uh, quite uh, quite an illustrious gathering this year.
5: How diplomatic of you.
6: That's my job.
5: Yes, I'm quite well aware. Uh, Has anyone perhaps caught your eye?
6: Nope. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> well, you're going to make this as difficult as possible, aren't you?
6: You better believe it.
5: <laughs> i <I'm
6: laughs> like,
5: pat him on the back. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
5: yes. Well, yeah. I am happy to be your wingman.
6: Perfect. <laughs> uh, well, uh... I think we have to get, um... We have to get Ambar's blessing on, uh, who's suitable first, if I remember the,
5: uh... No, no, that was your, your father's blessing. Uh, I think you should leave Ambar well out of this, if, if I were you.
6: Isn't he supposed to do the research to find who's the, uh, suitable match?
5: <sighs> I, uh... Now, I appreciate Ambar's talents as much as anyone else. But I don't think he's. I think he will be a better judge of who's suitable for you. At least for the first part. And if Boreas wants to, yay or nay, whatever choice that may be. Well, it is what it is.
6: All right. Why don't uh, Why don't you go introduce me to someone who uh, you think is a more appropriate match?
5: Right, let's go speak with with the unseelie court. <laughs> and so May, if as your
1: cousin excuses himself and walks away, you see these giant antlers um walking towards you a lot like being kind of pulled along by this human embodiment of ice kind of pushing him towards you a little bit. Um, and
4: I feel like Maeve has been keeping an eye on Strabog and Apollo um, anyways and then she sees their conversation kind of dissolve and then he starts heading towards her like shortly after that and she's like oh shit okay we're good
5: we're ready <laughs> <laughs> we're prepared <laughs>
1: and you see your yeah. cousin her you see your cousin Hurst kind of raise an eyebrow uh, and, like, look at you like, okay, here they come. <laughs> I'm sure
4: he also knows that uh, one of my main, like, prospects right now is Trabog, so he probably is fully aware that that's the plan.
1: <laughs> All right, so you approach. What
6: happens? Uh, so Stribog will... Do uh, do a bow that is appropriate, because um, she is of a higher station. She's the heir of the swimming um, court, so he'll he'll give a bow and welcome her to the uh, the winter court. Welcome, welcome. This is your first time in our in our uh, chilly halls. How how was your travel?
4: Oh, thank you, your grace. My travel was quite well. It was quite a beautiful palace you guys have here. You Guys, why are you saying that?
6: Oh, yes, we built it over. We're very proud of it.
4: I I can see why. I uh, the and... and...
6: sculpting.
4: Like how we're both awkwardly exchanging, and I'm just like, and and this is my cousin Hurst.
1: Ah, Hurst. Your grace. Your grace. I am, I am not a Grace, I am a Count, but, th- but thank you.
7: He's a
6: Count. I'm
1: a Count, so I would not be Grace, I could be uh, a Lord, perhaps? Um, Lord. Uh, I-, I apologize for correcting you, but... Uh,
5: it is a pleasure to have you both here at the Yule Tag. Yes, uh... Can I'm
1: sorry... Yes. yes,
5: Sir Ilthorasus of Frostfall at your service, my lady. I do apologize. Nice to meet you. And he'll, like, give a low bow. What exactly do you do here? Oh, plenty. Uh, Mostly clerical duties. Uh, I'm a steward of the Court of Winter, as you understand.
1: Certainly. Sounds like fascinating work.
6: He is a brilliant mind. Thank you.
4: Well, I suppose somebody had to help you put on this brilliant festivities of this
5: week. Oh, I must insist, it was all
6: Strabog's vision.
5: Should I make a deception check uh, for
6: that? I'm on the... I'm on the planning committee!
5: Well, you've done a
4: grand job so far.
6: Well, it has only just begun.
4: I look forward to seeing what more you have planned
1: for us as, as a group.
7: Uh,
1: since you're on the planning committee, I'm sure you must have uh, the table arrangements for this evening's feast already determined.
6: Ah, oh, yes, everything's determined. I assume it is determined. Yes.
5: Ilmar just like nods. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hopefully we're sitting close and we can continue getting to know one another.
6: Ah, uh, yes, that would be wonderful.
1: I agree.
5: This would be very nice. Is, has Strabog been expatriating poetry this whole time too? I just uh, to Oh her. yeah.
6: Um. So. Uh, uh, yeah. He has been. So during the like during the introduction, he wouldn't have been. Uh, during like the formal ceremony. Uh, but as soon as it became a um like a social event. Uh, his poetry would come out uh, and the, the words he's speaking are almost exclusively, um, just like describing who he talks to as he walks up to them. Um, and then if he knows them well enough to know of any of their, uh, like deeds or, um, any of their, like, their, like past experiences together, he'll recount some, something about that. Um, and he'll try to do it in the language, uh, that they, um, that they speak. Uh, So he he speaks lots of different uh, languages. He speaks Sylvan, Goblin, uh, Undercommon, Common. common.
4: So you're just spouting poetry in between us talking?
6: No, at the same time, I'm talking telepathically when I'm talking to you.
4: Oh, so you're like spouting poetry, but conversing in your head?
5: Yeah. Ilthar looks incredibly apologetic and sympathetic (laughs) behind him. (laughs)
6: Yeah, that's one of the reasons it's going to be really hard for me to find uh, suitable partners, because they'll have to deal with that all the time.
4: Yeah, Mave's already kind of like, oh god, what have I gotten myself into with this man? <laughs> like, my mom really wants me to marry him, but oh my god.
6: Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, or
5: make them deaf. Yeah. <laughs>
6: Like, together, creative, so problems.
5: creative problems require creative <laughs> solutions, guys.
1: <laughs> so, um, as this kind of conversation is happening, this introduction is happening. Um, Kesa, you have returned now uh, with Haust and Breca, uh, and you're kind of mingling around. Uh, make me a perception check, Kesa.
3: Here's a question. Can I use my passive perception instead, because I do have the observant feet?
1: Yes. Totally. So, what would that be? 23. 23. So, you clock Rega taking a drink from one of the trays downing it and then walking towards Ilthar.
3: Ooh! Goody goody. I'm so Um, glad I
1: get to witness this.
3: Uh, is, sorry, is Ilthar currently with Maeve and Strabog? Is this yes. conversation happening there? Okay. Yes. Um, Kesa just keeps their distance, but they are going to watch.
1: What about Aura and Amber? Are you, like, in another conversation, Aura? Or are you kind of, like, observing things at this point?
2: definitely observing and i'm also every once in a while putting my hand on my uncle's shoulder and then perceiving through my sprite senses to eavesdrop on conversations as they happen so yeah i would definitely be clumping this um conversation and going over to
0: yeah eavesdrop a little bit as my sprite fields are around
1: what about Ambar?
0: Um, ever since the start of, like, this meetings with the people in the summer court, that's kind of, like, where 99% of his attention went. Okay. Just because he's just straight up, um, but if... Like, he's kind of keeping an eye on the twins. But if, uh, he'll, he'll, he's still, he's still looking around and everything. He's got two duties in his mind it's safety but also now his lord has given him matchmaking so he's also sort of focused on that too so he's just this is a whole new thing for him so he's trying his best to do all of the jobs but so he'll probably clock it too okay i you just wanted
1: look. to i just wanted to see because obviously we have those three people within the conversation i just wanted to see if anyone else was observing
0: um so yeah probably, right. probably move closer too.
1: To over here.
0: Okay,
1: so Rega walks. I think the, the one
3: last thing that sorry, yeah. just to... yeah, go to cut in for can... I think the one last thing that Kesa does is looks over at Haust, um, just to see if he's having any reaction to this. But Haust, probably at best, just just the subtlest half-millimeter quirk of an eyebrow. Like, anyone else no- looking wouldn't even notice it, but it's just this, whoop. Um, and we, uh, we continue to watch.
1: I think because Kesa and House have known each other so long, those little quirks to you are like, whoa, he's being very expressive today. <laughs> um so Rega doesn't necessarily march up but she she will come up with a little bit of of grace and she'll kind of tuck in and she'll say excuse me i i hate to to interrupt uh and she'll look at you ilthar and she will put on a very kind smile and she'll say kesaranya would like to speak with you when you have a moment
5: of course. I would be happy to make time for the fear dish.
1: Excellent. Um, I'm happy to escort you over now.
5: I give, like, a good luck look to Maeve, and I leave.
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Does Elthar say anything to Riga as they, like, leave this assembled crowd and they walk over to Kesa?
5: It's, it's nice to see you. It's been a very long time. Indeed, it has.
3: Um, just for clarity's sake, having observant, I am able to read lips at a distance here. So, Kesa is watching this conversation even as it's coming closer towards him. Them, towards them, sorry.
5: I'm surprised as they let you out so early. I've been doing very well, as it appears
1: you have as well.
5: That doesn't surprise me at all, Rega. It
1: doesn't surprise me either, Elthar.
2: Okay, can I just question, um, uh, yes, you're from the Trickster Court, right? Nope. Originally?
7: Name. You don't when,
2: know that. Oh. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering, to listen. Would,
1: I, would I recognize this girl? Rega? Yeah, Rega? No, Rega was originally from the Spring Court. And then she oh. went to the calling of um, apprentices uh, for okay. the Weald. Um, and she was initiated. And she has since renounced her position and is now pledged herself to the court of World. Just from
2: my
5: travels, I wouldn't. Okay,
1: good. yeah, you
5: I think you, you have me confused with again. someone else.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, she just kind of nods and says. I don't know what they want to speak to you about.
5: I'm going to make a guess, and suppose he, they want to catch up on the past couple of years, since I last saw them.
1: And she'll kind of pause, and then she'll say, Hopefully not too much catching up then.
5: Can I insight that? Go
3: okay. for it. Oh, uh, quick question: Can I insight that from a distance? Because, as I said, observant. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm seeing yeah, yeah, the yeah. words coming through. Yeah.
5: Natural twenty. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty. Twenty-five. Twenty-five.
1: You kind of glean from that that there's a little bit of bitterness behind the words that she's saying.
5: Understandable.
1: And by this point you have now arrived at Kesa and Rega will do a slight bow to them and then say, if you'll excuse me. And then she will depart to go back to mingling with the rest of the crowd now that she has delivered Ilfar to you.
3: Brilliant. And at, that, <laughs> and at that, Kesa smiles and holds out their beverage, I don't know if it's like a champagne flute or if it's tankard or what's being done, um, over yeah. to Haust who, without even looking, just puts a hand up, grabs the thing out of it, <laughs> takes the drink out of air um, and is holding onto it, while Kesa takes Ilthar by the shoulders. Um, how tall is Ilthar?
5: Ilthar is, is very tall. He's uh, about six seven actually.
3: Okay. You would know this is probably a greeting that Kesa has done many times to you, but takes you by the shoulders and pulls you down and places a kiss on your forehead.
5: Mm -hmm. Yep, he allows it. Yeah, Soft Ah. smirk.
3: (laughs) Ah, Ahishforadish. It is good to see you.
5: It is good to see you as well, Fyradish. You are most welcome here.
3: (laughs) Well, it has been well, it has been a long time since we've seen you and since I have into a Yuletide as they're looking around the space and, you know, making eye contact with people and nodding. But these things happen. Our meetings are even less frequent. Tell me, how fare you?
5: Oh, I've had my ups and downs, I admit. Court life is not for the faint of heart. Hmm. But I am quite excited for this year's festivities.
3: Yes. We received your letter and, well, it looks like it is a wonderful yule that you have set up. And with many new faces to us and, I imagine, to you, too.
5: Yes, there's quite a few um, new fey being introduced this year.
3: It's hmm. hard
5: to keep track of it all at times.
3: <laughs> yes, well, for us, times are simpler in the world. There is only the here and the now, and beyond that, we cannot act.
5: Everything must seem like a blink to you. <laughs>
3: and yet, here I am, eyes wide and eager to see what the new generation has brought to us. And what As gifts they will bear. Um, How long has it actually been since Ilthar <clears throat> left the Weald? That's a out-of-character question.
5: Elisa? <laughs>
1: oh, I would say it's been... A few hundred years?
5: Yeah, a couple hundred years. Okay. Sounds yeah, good. maybe
1: like th- maybe like three or four.
5: Okay. Sounds
1: good. We're Faye. Faye lived for millennia. That's like a like a few years in the grand scheme of things.
4: Yeah. Older oh, so I'm fish. like a fucking baby baby. Like baby. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and to quote Taylor Swift, you're like a sexy baby. <laughs> No one heard her new song? Where she said, no. Why do I feel like everyone is a sexy baby? Direct quote
5: of a new lyric. Alrighty. Wow. Yeah.
3: Um, okay, then. <laughs> yeah, and kind of gazing around the room. Um, Kesa takes a look at where Rega has gone. She's probably disappeared off into the crowd somewhere. Um, but then they look back to Ilthar, sigh a little bit, and get kind of wistful. It, Well, I know that I miss you. I miss all of those who come through the Weald and return to their courts.
5: Well, I would not be opposed to visiting one day.
3: Hmm.
5: Preferably at a different time than Strabok,
3: but... Ah, you do not wish to share the space with one who is new to it?
5: No, I would just say I have a threshold for the amount of poetry I can hear in a single year.
3: (laughs) That is where you and I differ, then.
5: I'm sure it is.
3: Mm. Though your passing seems to have left awake and at that um, Kesa locks eyes very intently with Ilthar
5: in what way do you mean?
3: Hmm. if I need to ask then perhaps this is a conversation for another time
5: perhaps it is
3: Well then, until that time, Ishwaradesh, it is always a pleasure to to reconvene with you and to see how you have grown and what you have come to be.
5: It is always a pleasure,
3: Master. And at that, Kesa will take the beverage back from Haust. Um, Are you holding a beverage?
5: He's just standing there this whole time. (laughs)
3: Oh, absolutely. Like, Haust is just standing there watching. And it's not a watching of, like, scanning the crowd. It's just standing there, like, staring into the middle distance, but taking in all of this audiovisual. And he's almost like furniture. Like, you could put a tray on his head, and he's not going to notice. Until he goes to move, it falls. He'll look, and then just keep moving.
5: Nice. Yeah, I'm sure Ilthar has, like, a champagne flute or something.
3: Um, and Kesa will toast Ah, I (laughs) Speaking of poetry I believe I have another With whom I must speak And Kesa will start walking with Haust over towards Strabog After giving you a very slight Inclination of the head
5: Yeah, he will bow again
1: Alright, you uh, approach Strabog, who is still spouting a beautiful poetry uh, to Should I roll for how beautiful it is? Yeah, roll for how (laughs) beautiful the poetry is that you're saying to Maeve and her cousin. Ooh, it's some good, good (laughs) fucking poetry!
3: That is a ridiculous modifier, that's
6: fantastic. Yeah, you know, some people put their, um... Put their uh, expertise into useful uh, skills. Some people put it into uh, performance. So, and the former are wrong, and the latter are right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine that was a bagpipe roll. You wouldn't even be able to say it was bad.
5: How do you even (laughs) get plus
6: fifteen? As a Fey Wanderer Ranger, I get to add Uh, my Wisdom modifier to my Charisma checks. That's
1: pretty
3: wild. Incredible. Um, So. I had a question. Right, just in terms of the conversations that um, Strabog and Kesa have had historically, what does Strabog think about his poetry? Like, is this something that he's just become
6: acclimated to? Does it annoy him? Um, Uh, I think it doesn't uh, annoy him. Um, I think it's his... uh, I think he gets a lot out of doing it. Um...
5: A lot out uh, of Ilthar's suffering, specifically.
6: <laughs> Ilthar, specifically. Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like at this point, it's almost as though his internal monologue and his external monologue have kind of switched. And his, like... Like, he almost processes his thoughts through the poetry he's speaking at this point, rather than, um, Rather than, uh, writing poetry to express the thoughts he's having internally. Um... And so he might, like, it might be a way to read him almost as much as his facial expressions are. Uh, as well as, yeah, so it's not, it's not a, like, a thing that he um, could even, like, really consciously stop at this point. He would have to make, like, a, like, a considered effort to stop. Cool. Okay. And so he does for, he does for important situations, but,
3: yeah. Cool. Um, I will say, just historically, Kesa has acclimated to it as well. Um, and as we have kind of discussed, we'll at points just stand there and listen to your poetry and and try to parse it out. Um, but in this case, uh, they start to come over, and you were speaking with who again?
6: I uh, was speaking with Maeve. That's right, and her cousin. Yes, First. the unseelie court. Unseelie. <laughs> uh, yeah, as as you approach, um, uh, Mr. Bog will. Um, Make a, again a very, uh, very big bow to you, uh, and and welcome you to the court, and say, "Oh, I missed you earlier as you were um, as you were getting settled." Uh, it's good to see you again,
3: and it is wonderful to see you as well, Strabog, um, and will Once again, pass the beverage off to Haust, um, and kind of go for that same greeting with you, Strabog, as well, which I imagine you're familiar
6: with too. Um, yes, it probably reaching- requires some <laughs> kneeling in order to <laughs> avoid the antlers from hitting. Uh,
5: Everybody, just yeah. bonking. Yeah, but, yeah.
3: Reaches up, places two hands on your sh- shoulder, kisses your forehead, and lets you stand back up before taking the beverage back. And who is this? Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
7: um,
4: Maeve, like after uh, Stravag. Srebog- Stands back up, may well like also bow to you. Um, Keeps you. It's uh, fantastic to meet you, your grace. Would it be your grace? It would be Fia Hair Dish, right? Yeah. It is nice to finally meet you, Fia Herdish.
3: And it is interesting to be introduced. Your name, child?
4: I apologize. My name is Maeve. Ah.
3: And to look at you, I would have to guess you hail from the court beneath the dark moon.
4: You would be correct. Hmm.
3: How wonderful. How wonderful indeed. And how fares your mother. Um, what is your mom's name?
4: Uh, it's Mab. She's the queen of air and darkness, but I assume you'd know her actual name is Mab.
3: M-A-A-B? Sure. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, wait, let me jump back to the proper window. And how fares the Queen of Air and Darkness?
4: She is quite well. I was simply sent along in her stead as she is quite busy at this time. Hmm.
3: Well, I don't believe that was the wrong choice. It is good to see new faces and particularly one so young. You must be taking much to your shoulders to be here in, in her stead.
4: I do, I, if I am honest with you, Herdish, I do feel a little overwhelmed just being likely one of the youngest here.
3: Well, I cannot say I understand, but you have my care and my support, and should you need it, our court is always open and is a place of rest and respite should the time come.
4: I greatly appreciate that. Perhaps one day, I'll get the opportunity to visit.
3: That would be most in, most interesting. Most interesting indeed.
1: So as... sorry, go ahead. Jen. No, you go ahead. As these conversations and these minglings are sort of happening, these people being rejoined or being introduced for the first time, um we have a lot of characters being introduced we have lots of people kind of mingling around and as Ambar, you are standing in the shadows you are approached by boreas as this kind of introduction meeting is kind of winding down and as people are eager to head back to their pavilions uh to prepare before the welcome feast this evening you have Boreas uh, walk over to you and nod to acknowledge you. Anything of interest?
0: Nothing, um... Well, he told me to keep an eye out for potential... wives for your son. Pickings are slim for one such as him. He, um...
7: He deserves better.
1: You have... a very... high view of him, obviously.
0: I do. Well then.
1: With that in mind, perhaps we'll just have to have him settle then, won't we?
0: The only thing I can gather... Um... The air of... Air and Darkness seems... (laughs) Interested-ish. It's... Hard to get a read. But, um... Apart from her, they're just... Other floozies diddling about... Just... I feel like... The brain-to-head ratio is far less than it should be... In this crowd.
1: And Boreas laughs at this.
0: Uh, Rambar doesn't laugh. He just straight up just...
1: (laughs) Yeah. And he's just like, this is why I like having you around, my boy. You're brutally honest. It's appreciated, for the most part.
0: I will note, (laughs) he spent a bit of time speaking with some from the summer court. Mm. Um... Also, Weiss is... I'm just going to just take a quick look for both twins, because he's been constantly watching both of them, too, just to make sure they're not being like kidnapped or anything. So... Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Freya, just anyone. The,
1: uh, fair and fair enough. Freya is still with those three girls from the Autumn Court. Um, okay, and okay. you have noted that throughout this kind of introduction, she has had quite a few drinks with these girls, uh, and seems to be laughing and and quite gregarious still with them as this is kind of winding down. And you see that Wes is still speaking with um, the Spring Court, um, in particular to Willow. Uh, they, They seem to be engrossed in some sort of conversation uh, that you can't really make out, but he seems to be- I can also
0: read lips if it helps.
1: Oh, so they're speaking about, like, she's also a sculptor, but she uses, like, a different medium for her sculptures, so they were kind of, like, talking about the pluses and minuses of using, like, topiaries, uh, and, like, marble versus ice, and, like, the different things that that would entail for the sculpting practice, and they seem to be getting along quite famously
0: yeah yeah I just yeah. Feel like all all information like that, be it subtle or be it whatever I just relate to him just anything I just I give him the news he decides if it's important or not.
1: Fantastic it's- yeah and he and he'll take in your report uh, quite happily and say good well. With that in mind, I don't know where my son has put the seating chart, but do make sure he sits next to that unseely woman for the evening tonight so that way they can get better acquainted
0: i will personally see to it
1: thank you very much and boreas will kind of go off on his on his own at this point point. and so as it all begins winding down um our visiting courts head off to their pavilions our winter court members probably go about their business as they like and we are going to enter into our first epistolary phase so I'm going to give you all, like, we'll say 10 to 15 minutes uh, where you can, uh, again, you don't have to write a letter if you don't want to. If you do want to write letters, you you can only write a maximum of, of two. Um, so this is kind of just a way for us to... Continue the RP, give a view into what's going on in your character's mind right now, how they're feeling, who they're wanting to communicate with. Uh, this is a great opportunity to also pepper in parts of your backstory uh, if that's something you're interested in doing. Um, some examples this might be an opportunity to invite, invite someone to a private meeting. So maybe you'd like to invite someone for tea or for a walk somewhere, or something like that. This would be a time to arrange that. If you'd like to write home to your home court and inform them of something that's going on, this would be an opportunity to do that. If you want to write a secret message to someone about something that you overheard or something that you found interesting, or something like that, now would also be the opportunity for that. So have a think about that. Sorry, go ahead, Shanna. I
4: originally thought it was three letters in the epistolary phase. Is that? Is it only two because it's a shorter period of time?
1: We're only doing two because it's a shorter period of time. So when it's a longer period of time, I will let it be three. But just because we're starting out um, and it's our first phase, I'm just going to cap it at two. Uh, if you have those really anxious letters or messages that you want to get off um you'll have to prioritize what you think is the most important at this time about where you would like to write so um these will be read aloud to everyone so again this is stuff where you have to kind of take yourself out of the character and remember that this is you personally that's learning this information but not necessarily your character learning this information um but it will give you a little bit of insight into what everyone is thinking so it's 8.45 now, so I will check in at 8.55 to see how people are doing and just kind of give you, like, a five-minute warning. And then at that point, we will uh, go into reading the letters.
4: I'm going to go pee. Can we just, like, and, can I just like, type it on
1: my phone and read it out? Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, if you, you can write it down, you can write it on your phone, you can like improv it all in your mind, whatever you want. Uh, and then now would be a good time. If you have a good bathroom or have a break or anything like that, you can do that. And if you have any questions, you can let me know. I'm just going to mute myself. Um, and then, cause I've, I've got my own letters to write. Um, and then we will, we'll will check back in. Amazing.
0: That wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah, what was that?
7: (laughs) I know whose light lit up when that sound
1: happens. Was it me? Yeah. Are you hungry, Adrian? It sounds like your stomach is growling.
6: I didn't notice, but it's the water, maybe. oh no it totally was me um yeah the horns have to go i uh arranging the lights which have to be plugged in uh was a big hassle uh and i had to get up to go get water so i wasn't going to rearrange all that so it's now a mess
1: fair enough How mean are we being in this first epistolary phase?
6: I don't mean. know what I'm writing. <laughs> I'm not being mean at all.
1: Okay, fantastic. I'm just trying to gauge mine, about the same levels though.
4: So, I definitely forgot. I'm pretty sure you couldn't have actually talked to me in my head, Srebog, because I have a ring of mind shielding.
0: You can just, you can choose to let him in, though.
4: Okay. Okay. That's fair.
0: I also have one of those, and they're great.
1: I also have one of those. It was a very popular item at character creation
0: not shocking considering
6: the <laughs> uh, sorry i was on mute but i was saying you could have prevented a lot of the poetry by simply rebuffing the telepathy uh telepathy uh and then i would have had to speak with you verbally in order to uh communicate
0: Is supposed to write two letters but can one, if one of those letters can i be sent to two people
1: yeah definitely that's fine okay all right so that's the 10 minute mark how is everyone feeling
7: uh,
6: I need a little bit more time.
1: Okay, uh so I'll say we'll start at nine then. So five more minutes.
6: Thank you.
5: I think I'm only writing one letter. And it's a short one.
6: Is it
0: Q? Or W?
5: Hmm? One letter. It's R, actually.
6: W is a pretty long letter. Yeah, yeah.
0: True. That, would, that you need the full fifteen minutes just for the W. Is anybody sending a letter to Jeremy Renner?
1: Is that an option? I would I would fucking hope so. <laughs>
0: we gotta get uh, who, him. We gotta get who, him booked.
1: Who who else is going to play in the production of the wintergreen hunter, which is going to happen at this Yuletide? time?
0: Well Adrian's got a fifteen performance, so he should play the ambulance. <laughs>
1: For those of you not understanding the campaign that this is based on, the same system that I'm using, um, one of the characters wrote a book as, like, he would use a script to, like, make book recommendations for a book that he wrote called The Green Hunter, but then it kind of became an ongoing joke in the game of, like, they're gonna get Renner to play, uh, The Green Hunter, and it's kind of, like, this gritty crime drama within the Fey realms, so... It's very funny, but Yeah, if any of you are feeling uh, (laughs) Like you want to pull some mortals Into this plane of existence For your various whims
4: So, if we're sending letters to our court back home, I assume we will receive a reply, like, if we receive a reply, we will, like, receive it sort of in the next epistolary phase?
1: No, I can respond almost immediately, um, uh, okay. de- depending on who you're sending it to and if there's a, a necessity for a response. Sometimes you'll receive a fly in the next uh, epistolary phase if they want to keep you waiting. Just want to keep things spicy. But with that in mind, is there anyone who would like to start?
5: While the others finish up their writing? I mean, I could, I guess. I have something. I'm R, also paying, So I can also start as I have
1: one letter. So it's kind of just people's preference at this point.
5: Go, Lisa. Go. Yeah. Go, go Lisa. Lisa. Go. Well, the the first letter I'm going to send. It's more of a note, really, than a letter. But uh, I'm going to send to Freya. Okay. <laughs> and it reads uh, something of the effect. Um, and how would I deliver this? Good question
1: oh yes also be thinking about how it's being delivered by whom if it's being delivered by anyone uh because those things are important uh so what does the note say first and then we can go into the Ah, particulars
5: right yes uh the note says my dear freya i noticed you speaking with the ladies-in-waiting from the autumn court I'm sure that you are most eager to make friends and enjoy yourself, my dear. But I do urge caution. Gossip at these events will spread like wildfire, and even the sweetest smelling rose hides thorns. Please be careful, and do not hesitate should you require any assistance I may provide. I am only concerned for your well-being, even if you do call me an overprotective old man. Do not make me direct your father towards you.
1: Oh, boy. Spicy. <laughs> I I should
0: go next. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have okay. another one, but
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, no, sorry, go ahead. No,
1: no but, it, but if it's pertaining, Amber, we can do yours next, and then we can flip back to Lisa for the next one.
0: Okay, so the, the one letter to two is actually one to Wes, one to Freya. Okay. And, uh, um, I'll probably just walk up to them individually and just hand them the note in the middle of this party. Like, um, Amazing. But it says, um, two wives. Two, uh, two oh, that's friend. what I'll do. I'll send uh, my
5: unseen servant to deliver mine because I don't want to embarrass her if I don't have to. That's what the Strabog threat is for.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, they say, uh, it is, of course, my duty to make sure you stay safe. However, I hope you enjoy your night of frivolity. Make friends, make memories. If you need to come home, send a raven or servant or whatever. I'll come pick you up. Seriously, any time of night. I'd rather get less meditation time than hear about an accident late, late at night. Sincerely, your (laughs) humble servant, Amber (laughs) Cudithin.
5: We sent the same letter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, any time.
5: (laughs) Fucking beautiful. <laughs> oh my god, incredible. <laughs> okay, um, Lisa, if you'd like to do your next letter. Sure. Um, this one, I would like to get Snowdrop to deliver for me with special instructions to, uh, keep an eye out, as he does so. What, um, what, are, the,
1: what are the instructions, boss?
5: I would just like you to keep an eye on the camp, um, the thing we spoke about earlier I'd, I'd like you to keep an eye out for it but uh, i would like you to go to the Unseely court and please deliver this to the lady maeve
2: oh all right boss i will i'll go right away
5: you might need dark vision but i'm hoping you won't so you should be good i don't have any dark vision so for those unaware snowdrop
4: is my familiar in another campaign and i sent him down into this fucking he's a sprite and i sent him down into this place and he was gone for like 10 minutes and i was like "Fuck, he's dead and he comes back finally and he's like oh man like i got kind of down there and then i just i couldn't see anything because i don't have dark vision and i just got lost and i was bouncing into walls and they haven't let they haven't dropped it since then
1: and i'm i am too good I am now putting Snowdrop into the- so you guys can all see Snowdrop
5: There's Snowdrop. It's my guy. And what does the letter say that Snowdrop is delivering? Uh, it's very short. It says, uh, Dear Lady Maeve, Heir of Darkness, I am pleased to inform you that his most potent lordship, Strabog, graciously (laughs) requests your presence at this grand feast. He's going to hear more of your character and experience in the Unsealy Court. I have arranged the seating accordingly. With care, Sir Iltharasis. And then there is a postscript in illusionary script, which only Maeve can read. Ooh. And it says, I would also be most pleased to see you there. Your beauty and poise was unmatched this evening in the throne room. Ooh. So,
1: uh, Maeve, this, this sprite comes up to you and says, I have a widow for you! Shannon, you're muted. Realize that. I'm just like, <laughs>
4: oh, um, thank you. What is your name? My name's Snowdrop. Pleasure to meet you, Snowdrop. Thank you for delivering this.
1: Alright! I'm supposed to wait and see if you have a reply. I can't write more than two letters.
4: Oh no! Who just <laughs> Am I allowed to like verbally give a quick reply? Yeah definitely. Um just tell him that I look forward to attending this evening.
1: Alrighty! And then Snowdrop will go off on his merry way.
5: His most potent lordship. That's
1: a
7: normal
4: address. I like like how you like threw shade at your boss while trying to like set him up while also being like, but yeah, you're hot. In the same (laughs) fucking letter. Like, you accomplished it all in the same letter.
1: A master of letter writing. (laughs) Okay. Um, Ambar, did you have another letter as well?
0: Yeah. Um, I. Probably same sort of thing, just walking up. Uh, this one's to Aurora. Okay. do <laughs> a uh, pronounce that, just so it's not Aura or Aurora. Aurora. <laughs> aurora. Um, uh, how would I address her, esteemed highness, or anything? Like, what's what's her title to me? She's a duchess as well. She's the Duchess of Calbo. Uh. So just uh oh uh, so just uh, her it went, would be her grace. Right. Uh, to my grace, uh, the esteemed Duchess, uh, apologies for my crassness and equal rudeness. I felt my duty pull my attention away from your kindness, and for that I am grievously sorry. Please let me know if there is anything you need at all during this busy time. Your humble servant, Ambar Kurathin. Um, and same thing, wa- I just walk up and just flip it in her hand and then just kind of like give her give her another nod and a salute and just... Keep on through the party
1: so she reads the note kind of chuckles to herself uh and then she flips the paper over on the back uh and she gets like one of her ladies maids to like let her use her back to like write a reply and it just says uh and then she has the ladies maid take it and like deliver it to you and it just says you really need to lighten up
0: Uh, I think he just, like, puts it in his in his coat pocket and just doesn't let anybody see it and just keeps walking around.
5: Fair enough. That's right, my is favorite it... thing that we wrote the same letter, John.
1: <laughs> 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 These kids have so many dads. Oh, oh my god. Um, okay, who would like to go next? I have
4: two letters. Alright, All right, go you're next if you want.
1: Yeah,
4: go for it. Shame, go for it so my first letter is to Strabog. Um, also, if I get any of the um, like titles wrong, Maeve would definitely get them right. It's it's just me getting them wrong. Um, so if they're wrong, just let's just pretend they're right. Um, so, dear Duke Strabog, I enjoyed our chat this morning and hope to have the opportunity for that walk around the palace your father suggested. I haven't traveled much within the courts and would like the opportunity to expand my horizons. Perhaps you may be a part of that. I'm sure you of all people would be well-learned amongst the grounds to tell me all the entertaining and historical details. I look forward to hearing your poems again. Yours truly, Princess Maeve. And I would have Vin um, deliver that one. Okay. Um, And then do you just want me to read my next one? Yeah. Okay, so my next one is to Mab my mom um, so it just says dear mother we arrived without issue and made our introductions to his majesty Boreas in front of the court all went according to plan I even had the opportunity to speak with his grace Strabog he speaks entirely in poetry which was quite strange to me I will carry on as we had discussed but I must admit I must admit some hesitation in Strabog Mave." And for that one, I would cast uh, Galder's Speedy Courier, and it would basically just like go right to her.
1: Yeah, and you receive a very quick reply uh, that just says, perhaps if you were able to lower your standards a little bit, you will be able to find someone worthy of this position.
4: about what she expected in response honestly
7: yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah and then the other letter uh gets uh brought to you Strabog, from uh Vin Diesel, who comes and like knocks on your door and, and delivers you the letter um and he just departs very quickly like not expecting a reply and we'll quickly and
0: furiously Also,
1: let's keep in mind this
4: is a this
1: is a very buff, very bold goblin. The buffest, the boldest, and the two things he loves more than anything are being fast and his family. (laughs) All right,
4: all about family.
6: Family, Survive. family, <laughs>
7: family. Survive. Family
6: would you like to go next. Sure. Yeah. I've just uh, I've got one letter. Uh, it's to Weiss and Freya, who have received a lot of letters. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Perfect.
6: <laughs> uh, um, and it's uh, as you were aware, your grandfather. Oh no, I'm gonna pop up. As you are aware, your grandfather has delivered an ultimatum uh, with your future titles as forfeit. I had not intended to find a partner at this event, and so I find myself woefully unprepared. We should have a discussion to temper expectations, and on a letter note, talk about how the early festivities have gone. Uh, yours, your father.
1: Yeah, and you get a very quick reply from both of them, saying that they will stop by your chambers before dinner, and you can have a discussion.
6: Excellent. And my unseen servant will also deliver this letter.
1: Okay, perfect. Uh, and is that all Strabog has? That's all he's got. Okay, perfect. Alright, Ketherora, who's going next? I'm going next. Okay. Okay, so I
2: also am doing, a, like, the same letter to Freya and Whis, and then, like, a separate letter.
1: <laughs> incredible. These guys are so popular. <laughs>
2: So, um, my letter to Freya and Weiss, like, the language is a little bit different based on their different names, obviously, but it's, like, Dearest Freya or Weiss, daughter or son of winter and summer. I hope that you'll join me in the summer pavilion this evening. I should very much wish to make your acquaintance again. It has been too long. I know feelings between our courts have been on edge this last decade, but please know that summer has, and always has, or does and always has cared for you. Um. And then signed, aura. Um. And then, so my other letter. Uh. I pull out my forgery kit. Um. And then, I write on the top of it. Strabog. In a harsh hand. Stay away from my daughter. Or my wrath will descend upon you. Uh. And then, Uh, all of the titles of the Queen of Air and Darkness at the end. And so I'm not in the main area, but I'm going to pop away somewhere semi-private in a hallway, and I cast Mask of Many Faces to appear like the goblin um, from the Court of Winter Darkness. And then in the hallways, I I make sure I try to track down a uh, servant from the Winter Court. And in his voice, I mimic his voice quite well. I have the actor feet. I say, um, could you please deliver this to Strabo, and then um, leave after I pass that on to a servant? And I make sure some people saw um, me deliver that. Okay.
1: Can um, you I'm, like mask many faces and I can you can you roll me uh, like performance or something like? I'm sure you could like hand wave it, but just against their insight to.
2: Yeah. So deception. Yeah, deception. Deception. Yeah. Which what specifically? Because I get advantage on certain deception checks.
1: So I guess this is more of like to see like if they're believing this like if they're not questioning it from me. Yeah. 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 Now one, but advantage
2: (laughs) oh three on the second roll is so bad uh
1: 16 that's still enough they didn't roll very well so they're just like okay uh and they basically p- pass along that message um Strabog, you get a letter from lady maeve saying how excited she is <laughs> to uh, from lady maeve how excited she is to sit with you for dinner and then very soon after you get a letter from her mother saying to stay away from her <laughs>
6: I will IMMEDIATELY send, uh, I'll just, like, open it up, read it, uh, and then immediately just, like, give it to my Unseen Servant to take to Ilthar. Because <laughs> he's doing the, uh, the seating arrangements. <laughs> and just write on it, just receive this. <laughs>
5: can I roll a forgery kit check on this? Yes, you can.
6: Sweet. We're gonna be again we're
4: gonna forgery?
5: Yes.
2: Yeah,
6: so, what's your forgery skill? Like. Uh... Oh, sorry, I would and I would also um, immediately also write a like like, but copy it basically and send it um, uh, to Ambar as well. Okay. I feel like they're both. Yeah.
4: yeah. I don't know yeah. what your angle is here, Haley, but that was fantastic. That was,
6: that was so good.
2: Uh, let me just Yeah. I think. I think it's. You... Proficiency if you have proficiency in forgery kit, but it would be. Yeah. A, is it um? Probably.
5: Depth. Usually, usually Probably intelligence the int. for forgery. Yeah.
2: The int.
1: And, so straight the and plus proficiency.
2: Well, if you can, you're
5: proficient with a forgery kit, yes. Yeah. I so. Am
1: so you can roll
5: and then add that to the
1: score, and then that's going to be the DC for Ilfar to be able to detect.
2: My second that one. <laughs> um,
1: right.
2: shit. Uh, so there one plus three is four
1: plus proficiency is eight.
5: Got out 21.
1: So you very quickly realize, Ilfar that this is a clever forgery.
5: Very interesting. I don't know who it's been forged by, but I do you know it's a forgery. You do. So, I will um, I'll let Strabog know that I think this letter is uh, false, and that someone is trying to get in the way of a potential union between him and the Lady Mave. but I'm not sure who. All right, and last but not least, Kaysa.
3: I have one letter. I am going to post it in general. And I will also read it. Boop! There you go. Oh, I don't like how it formatted that, but whatever, we'll do it. (laughs) Um, And this is given to Haust, who actually goes for a wander over to the Autumn Court and leaves this letter with whoever receives it. And a seal is placed upon it so that it cannot be opened until its recipient opens it. But I will read it regardless, and it says, Skogartia, I hoped our winter was thawing, and that yuletide would bring new and fresh blossoms. And yet I have arrived and alighted, presented my face to the whispering mountain, gazed upon a new dark star, and seen my foals and fillies as they are. Yet here you are not, and the mists of time grow thick.
1: Yes. So, Kesa, you will have noted that your child was not present at this beginning procession. But as the letter goes off and Housed returns, he does inform you that your child is at the Autumn Pavilion and has received your letter. Okay. And I have one letter to send as well. Dear Freya. Just gotta stay on theme. You have been cordially invited to join Marnie, Mel, and I uh, for tea tomorrow morning. Please meet us at the Autumn Court Pavilion at 9 a.m. Margo.
5: That makes me feel good about my letter.
1: And Freya does then reply, agreeing that she will attend this tea. So, with all of that in mind, that is where we are going to end for tonight. Next time we play, there will be a feast, uh, welcoming everyone to court. Um, Some very warned children um <laughs> from various sources. A meeting okay. at the a meeting at the Summer Court Pavilion with a long estranged aunt and her niece and nephew, as well as some investigation into who seems displeased about Shrabog and Maeve interacting.